This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the active practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and an insurance claims expert witness and author and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about the waiver of subrogation. Subrogation, of course, is an equitable remedy where a person who pays the debt of another is entitled to assume the rights of the person whose debt he or she paid. In the insurance context, when an insurer pays a claim, it assumes all of the rights of the person insured to sue and recover the amounts paid from any third party who was responsible for the loss. The right of subrogation is equitable and therefore in the common law and is also included in many insurance policies so that the insured actually contractually agrees to provide an insurer with the right of subrogation. Equity allows creative remedies for wrongs that do not fit within the confines of traditional tort or contract remedies. The maxim for every wrong there is a remedy applies to subrogation rights. It does not apply, however, if the person insured with permission of the insurer waives the right to subrogation. The maxim was adopted from the common law of England and is relied on in all American jurisdictions. Even if the remedy is not readily ascertainable, a loss caused by some wrong requires a remedy to exist that will result in a recovery for the insurer exercising its right of subrogation. The remedy can be as simple as an order requiring the third party to turn over property rather than cash, which can later be sold. It can be as complex as an order appointing a receiver to control and distribute the income from a property. For example, in Austin Independent School District versus H.C. Beck, a Texas appellate court decision from 2009, the Texas Court of Appeal warned that waivers of subrogation must be clear and specific and found that, quote, even if the construction contract provision could be read as an attempt by the AISD to waive subrogation rights on behalf of its insurer, it is not at all clear that such an attempt would operate to release or waive ASI, AISD's claims in the case because we find that the construction contract provision between H.C. Beck and AISD does not purport to waive subrogation rights on the part of AISD's insurer, we do not express an opinion on the merits of the case or of the effect such a provision would have on claims such as those filed by AISD in this case. Close quote. Most insurance policies allow an insured 
to waive the insurer's right to subrogation if the agreement is made before a loss. As a result, almost every lease of real property or of personal property imposes obligations on the lessee and provides rights to the lessor, and all should contain waivers of the right of subrogation. The property owner should establish that the lessee has the right under his or her policy to waive subrogation. If the lessee does not have that right and signs a contract waiving the right of subrogation, the insurer whose subrogation rights are derivative only can lose the right of subrogation. Some insurance policies, in fact, do not allow waivers of subrogation and will require amendment to avoid problems between the parties to the agreement calling for a waiver of subrogation. In California, the Court of Appeal, in a case called Liberty Mutual v. Outfillage Construction, a California Court of Appeal decision from 1977 and still good law, held that an insured was required to return money to its insurer because it released the responsible party without permission and deprived the insurer of its right of subrogation. The decision flowed from a rather convoluted set of facts, but consider on October 21, 1968, the Euclid Division, sometimes also known as the Earth Moving Equipment Division of General Motors Corporation, leased a certain 1969 model Terex scraper to Alt Village Fulton, later known as Alt Village Construction Company. Under the terms and conditions of the lease, accepted and agreed to by Alt Village, was a provision that the lessee will be responsible for insuring the unit. A unit value of 165000 each should be used for insurance purposes only. Earlier, Conexco Inc. had leased certain other scrapers to Altfillage under terms that required the lessee to be responsible for insuring them. As the lease noted, and before March 17, 1970, George J. Berry, an employee of Conexo, telephoned Altfillage to report he had learned that the insurance carried by Altfillage on the other lease scrapers was about to expire. The Altfillage representative who answered the call stated that Altfillage was having trouble obtaining insurance and asked if Conexco could arrange for the insurance. The Alt Village representative at the time also stated that Alt Village would pay the premium to the extent that it was for coverage of the equipment leased to Alt Village. Also, before March 17, 1970, Barry called Alt Village again and reported that arrangements had been made to cover the scraper with insurance and that premiums attributable thereto would be built, billed to Alt Village by Conexco. In fact, no such arrangements were ever made. On May 8, 1970, the particular scraper noted was substantially damaged 
because of the negligence of all village employees. At the time of the damage, there was an enforce an insurance policy issued to Conexco by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, a so-called conditional sales floater, the coverage of which extended to the damaged scraper. The premium deposit on the policy was at the rate of $0.60 cents per 1000 of property valuation. After the damage to the scraper, Conexco submitted a proof of loss to Liberty for $15,170.71, and thereupon Liberty paid Conexco $14,920, being the amount of loss less the $250 deductible. During the course of the negotiations leading up to payment of Conexco claim by Liberty, the entire file on the transaction between Conexco and Alt Village pertaining to the scraper, including copies of billings for insurance, was submitted to Liberty. However, there was nothing in the record to indicate the file contained any reference to the oral undertaking by Conexco to obtain the insurance coverage for Alt Village. The basis of the trial and appellate court decisions was a simple finding that, quote, Conexco violated a material condition of said insurance policy in that it contracted away its right to recover from the lessee Alt Village for damages done to the scraper while in the possession of Alt Village thereby precluding liberty from its right of subrogation against Alt Village. The agreement between Conexco and Alt Village, which had the legal effect of cutting off liberty's opportunity for subrogation against the tortfeasor Alt Village, breached the implied covenant of good faith and the express condition of the policy giving the insurer a right of subrogation. By agreeing to waive subrogation, the insured relieved Liberty of any obligation to pay Conexco for damage to the scraper chargeable to the acts of Alt Village. Eventually, Conexco was ordered to return to Liberty the money it had been paid. Everyone involved in the construction project should consider the lesson learned by Conexco in the Alt Village case. Do not waive the insurer's right of subrogation without first obtaining the permission of the insurer to waive the right, or you will find that the insurance will never provide indemnity to the insured. Some policies of first-party property insurance and some third-party liability insurance policies do not allow an insured to waive the right of subrogation before the loss or after the loss, just like the policy considered in the outfillage case deprived Liberty Mutual of its right. The owner of property should refuse to accept a lessee whose insurance policy does not authorize a waiver of subrogation or a construction contract when the insurer does not authorize a waiver of subrogation. An insurer may, under the equitable right of subrogation, exercise the rights provided by a lease agreement. 
the insurer paying a loss assumes all of the rights of its insured to recover from whomever is responsible for the loss, whether that responsibility is imposed by contract or tort law. The construction agreement or lease usually tells, as between the owner and contractor or lessor and lessee, who is responsible for any casualty to a particular piece of property. The property owner with competent counsel will always impose the responsibility on the tenants or the contractors since the owner is working from a position of power. Any construction contract or commercial lease can be expected to and should always include if the insurers allow an express waiver of subrogation. Some leases or construction contracts poorly drawn do not have an express waiver of subrogation, but will contain language that courts will interpret to be an implied waiver of subrogation. The property owner should work with his or her counsel so that there is no need to imply a waiver. The waiver of subrogation establishes that in the event of a casualty destroying the structure, such as a fire, even if the fire was caused by the negligence of the property owner, the tenant or contractor will rely solely on his or her insurer for indemnity, and the insurer will not sue in subrogation to recover what it paid to the tenant. The waiver of subrogation affects a total release of all claims from the tenant's insurer before any loss has occurred and allows the landlord to avoid claims to its own insurer. If the insurer has a right of subrogation, it will ask for a signed subrogation agreement from the property owner. The subrogation agreement is a contract between the insured and the insurer, with the insured assigning to the insurer all rights against the tortfeasor, up to and including the amount paid by the insurer to the insured. This video was adapted from my book, Construction Defects and Insurance, Volume 6, which is available as a paperback or as a Kindle book from Amazon.com or can be found on my website, zalma.com, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library. Thank you for your attention. If this video was of assistance to you, and maybe of assistance to your colleagues, please refer them to the blog or subscribe to my blog so that you can learn about future videos.